0: This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash england.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Steve Ball. I'm Associate Director at the Birmingham Refugee Theatre and I'm facilitating um, this session, which is going to be very discursive. I'm going to talk for about two minutes about my background and our approach to partnership at the Birmingham Refugee Theatre. Um, And then I'm going to facilitate very much a discussion around the key issues involved in um, identifying what we mean by quality, and particularly in reference to partnership. So, and I'm not Adam Coleman, who's from the Lyric Theatre. I'm his understudy. He sadly can't be here today. um, I'm associate director at the Birmingham Refugee Theatre, and I lead on learning and participation community engagement and our off-site work. We've got a large learning participation team of nine people. Uh, two of those people, just if I tell you how they're funded it sort of explains how we work as an organisation, only two of those nine people are core-funded by the organisation. The other seven are externally funded through a variety of different partnerships. So we have two early years officers, one's full-time in Birmingham, one's h- half-time in Telford. They work with children's centres, early years settings, nursery settings, developing participatory uh, workshops um, with very young children and their parents. And we also produce theatre for early years, but initially provoked by a project called Reps Children in which every baby born in Birmingham City Hospital in October 2004 was given a free theatre experience every year for the first ten years of their lives. We also do a lot of work with schools. Some of that work with schools is exactly what you'd expect a producing theatre like ourselves to do in terms of providing one-off workshops around productions, theatre days, and backstage tours. But most of our work with schools is about long-term sustainable partnerships in which, a significant, in which five of our staff members are shared with schools and colleges across the city so that they buy in Uh, one, two or three days of that person's role. And one of our education officers, Fiona King for instance, is based at Robin Hood Primary School in Hall Green in Birmingham. She spends two days a week there, developing collaborative projects between the school and the theatre. We also run an extensive network of 13 youth theatres, three of which are satellites based around the city, in different neighbourhoods in the city, and are funded by schools and community groups themselves and the remaining groups all meet in the city centre and tend to take place at weekends. We also have an extensive community engagement programme. At the moment, that's dominated by a scheme called Neighbourhood Rep, where we're working with six community libraries across the city, developing performance and participation projects. We're particularly keen to work with community libraries because any of you that have approached Broad this building from that side of town will have seen the amazing new development that is the Library of Birmingham. We're out of our home for the moment to make way for that new development, but when we go back in, in 2013, we'll have a new 300-seat studio theatre as part of that complex in addition to our main main house and studio theatre known as The Door. So partnership for us is central to not just how we fund that work, but the, the nature of what we do and how, and how we can best learn from each other. We as a theatre learn a huge amount from the schools, communities and youth theatre groups that we work with, just as those schools and youth theatres and early year settings gain experience from us and are able to access our theatre resource. So that's all I'm going to say for the moment as, a, as an introduction. What I'd really like to do, though, is to find out, is to take us through a bit of a structured discussion um, and give you an opportunity to get to know each other um, in a particular way. So could we, um, first of all, I'll just give you, don't worry, it's not going to get too participatory at the moment, <laughs> A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, A. So if those of you who are A could stay in your seat exactly where you are, if those of you who are B could move your chair so you're sitting opposite the person to your right.
2: Now
1: <laughs> right. right, we're going to do a little bit of speed dating. We're going to do a little bit of speed dating. So the person on the outside is going to stay exactly where they are for the next 15 minutes. Aww. The person on the inside is going to rotate after each statement um, to, the, to the right. You're going to have about two minutes on, on, each, um, on each statement that I give you. The first one, all I'd like you to do is to tell the person opposite you about yourself, and your organisation, if you work for an organisation. After two minutes, I will do this, then we'll stop and move on. So, first statement tell the person opposite you about yourself and your organisation.
2: Uh, you go first. Hi, I'm Stuart Wood. Um, I ran the Find Your Talent Pathfinder in North Somerset, and as a result of that, We um, piloted a youth arts cooperative model in schools and we've set up a company now to, uh, to roll that out, so that's what I'm involved in at the moment. Right. I, um,
1: and what's happened to Find Your Talent now that? Well, that's, that's now that. I mean, what's happened to your organisation now that Find Your Talent? Well,
2: the, well, I was working for the council for Find Your Talent, right. so that right. programme's ended. But out of the ashes of that, we created a company, which was a City Council and North Somerset Council, on right. board to roll out this particular. What we thought was the most successful Right. Very good. You've heard about. I've me. heard about that.
1: So, um, <laughs> so I'll just
3: and then <laughs> <right and> gradually
4: <laughs> build those into the center. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah. It sounds so <laughs> like <laughs> a great programme of work that you produce there. I mean, I'm sure you know, looking at my own theatre Bristol yeah, yeah, yeah. Vic and yeah, yeah, yeah. how that's really sort of struggling to to find okay. its the way it deals with half it's really
1: interesting. I think it is. I mean, it's, it, the theatre long, long since I, before I was there has been committed to making sure that it's rooted in its communities, and I think that's central. So I'm going to move us on. Okay, thank you. Can you move around to the right, please? You, yeah, you're on clockwise, yeah. Next statement. Why are you here today, and what do you hope to get out of today?
4: Uh, you go first.
5: Me
6: first. I have been put in the
1: Okay. Thank you. Can you move to the right, please? <laughs> Okay. How do you how do you define quality in your work with children and young people? How do you define quality in your work with children and young people? In less because you're on a minute each. Off you go.
6: I think. Okay.
1: Okay. Thank you. Can you move clockwise, please? So you've just talked You've just talked about how you define quality. How then do you measure quality in your own, in your own work or in your organisation's work? How do you measure quality?
7: You go first. It's really interesting because every single question that you've asked so far
2: I feel like our organisation is
5: only just getting to grips with
2: Okay.
1: Uh what's your rec- you're going to move to the right in a moment? What's your experience of using quality frameworks? Off you go. Okay. In a moment when we move. Your experience of working in partnership with a local authority or other large body. Are we moving, on? Are we moving on again. Your experience of working in partnership with a local authority or other large body. Off you go.
2: <laughs> okay. Thank you.
1: Finally, your final discussion point for for this exercise. How can you protect your quality values when you're working with external partners? How can you protect your quality values when you're working with external partners? So one last rotation. Okay thank you. Could could the people on the inner circle move their chairs back to um, the circle please, the outer circle. So we're going to go back to one large circle again. So we've talked in pairs about how we define quality, how we measure quality and how we can protect our values when we're working in partnership with other organisations around the quality of our work. Who's heard something this morning um, in any of those areas that's made them think differently about um, this area of work? Anything interesting that anybody's heard so far from somebody else in the room that they'd like to share with us?
8: Hello, I'm Philip Monks. I'm the Chair of Writing West Midlands, which is the Literature Development Agency for the West Midlands. Um, when we were talking about how to measure the quality, and I was thinking this is going to be a very difficult area, and I think there are lots of difficulties. But actually, as, as we talked with different people, uh, it seemed to be that there are some things you can say about it. So, one of the things that came up was whether the work sustains engagement from the person or with the person who's engaged with it, and that is actually a practical thing. So, if, the, if they stay till the end, or they read to the end of the poem, or whatever it is, or watch the dance piece or take part or come every week and don't stop coming, then it sustains engagement. So that is a potential start of measurement of quality and whether it provokes a response or not. So that's the next step, I suppose, whether they're actually bringing something out from it so that I suppose that's the next level of engagement. So those were two interesting ways, I thought, of approaching the idea of how you can tell whether it's, there's quality in the work or not.
0: please do, yeah. Hi, I'm Ruth, I'm from a youth project called The Unit and I work for the Arts Award as well. And I was just sort of picking up on the sustaining engagement, especially if you're working with young people at risk, it might be very significant that they've just engaged in one very short thing. And so the evaluation has to track what happens to that young person if they're not sustaining engagement with you, but they're changing as a result, maybe engaging in something else beyond, what you're offering so i think sometimes we can get sort of bound up in that um uh, we we ne- we need to know the starting point of the people that you're working with really mm. so. yeah.
1: any other thoughts or reflections either from them either that they've heard in the room or that they have brought to the room themselves
4: thanks um i'm nick from travelling light in bristol i can't remember the specific question so you might be able to prompt but the second statement just uh, didn't it didn't necessarily change thinking, but just reaffirmed thinking was about context and kind of sharing context. And um, Michael yeah. Michael mentioned that, which was really important. So, what's the context, and how do the people that we're engaging with understand that? Is goes some way to kind of defining quality. And then what Stuart said in statement three was about expectation. Uh, or expectations and the expectations that participants or artists h- might have uh, in the art that you produce also is really important in um, in defining quality and also then how that uh, goes some way to contributing to a partnership. So I think they were both really relevant things that sort of reminded me that or ticked it in my head.
1: Can we come to the nub of the issue, which is in many ways that final statement that we discussed with each other about how do we as artists and arts organisations protect our values around quality when we're working with external partners who may have quite different values in relation to the work that they're doing? Here.
7: Just to start things off for the purpose of the
1: recording just say you yeah will. Hugh
7: James uh, currently independent but I've worked on uh, creative partnerships throughout its life uh, as well as other things um, I think there are two things to to bear in mind first of all uh, recognizing that uh, the the partnership is a thing in itself made up of, 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 of different partners that may have different values, different agendas, but actually you need to be, uh, right from the start, be thinking about what are the values of this partnership, why are we working together, what do we want to achieve uh, 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 through through working together and why is working together going to be more effective than not working together, working individually. Being mindful of your own individual values, being very open about what they are and what, uh, what things there is negotiation on and what things are non-negotiable. Um, and um, recognising that there's going to need to be some give and take between those things, but also that uh, uh, if there are things that are irreconcilable, then maybe that partnership isn't the best. Uh, those those partners are not the people that uh, should be working together.
0: It's Ruth again. Um, I would like to add to that that um, what I see is often missing is a a spirit of honesty and openness Um, and people are timid and don't have confidence and are trying to fit things into how they think a partner needs to see things and I think that we need to be more more honest and we need to be more open about our um, partnerships.
9: Hi, Maria Evans, Headline Communication, um, but essentially freelance arts education consultant. I th- think from my experiences, I used to work for the Royal Shakespeare Company, and from my experience, the I think we certainly, in the partnerships we looked at, significantly underestimated how much time was needed at the very planning stages. You'll get very excited about the content, but actually the how you're going to do it, who's going to do it, and what the different experiences and expectations of the partners are I think is really, really important and I think we, we sort of learnt eventually that that planning bit was really, really vital and, and giving enough time for that in the same way as giving enough time for the evaluation as well. It's, it's all too easy to get excited by the content but, but planning I think is really vital.
5: Hi, I'm Sarah Dorsett from Perry Beach. Is the Academy. It's in Birmingham. I think one of the other things as well that we spoke about was the actual reviewing of it. So depending on how long the project actually is, if it's for 12 months, then actually review it possibly every three months because you actually start off and you're all very enthusiastic and the first three months is good and the next three months actually you might then think, oh, this isn't what we signed up for in the beginning. So it's actually about building in the review. So It's not about the start and the finish. It's the whole period um, throughout the project. Uh,
1: thoughts or reflections on? Certainly there's a lot of debate around how we measure, how we measure quality and around e- using qu- existing quality frameworks. And I'd like to share their thoughts on the different quality frameworks structures which exist they, and how people, how relevant people regard those. Does anyone use any of
9: them?
1: Yes, even better question.
9: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who uses quality frameworks in terms of?
0: Um, uh, we use accreditation through the Arts Award which is seen sometimes as a measure um, of a certain quality of process and, and what young people achieve, are achieving through the arts but that's the only one I'm very familiar with anybody else got ex-
8: it's Philip Philip from right West middles um, we do a lot of work with schools and I think for writing it's quite important that the quality assessment is differentiated from the literacy development which the school are expecting and that's a partnership issue as well of course um, they may be they may come together but what the artist is, what the writer is looking for in terms of development of the person or with the person isn't necessarily the same as what the school are looking for because they're looking for measurable improvements in writing ability, core skills. Um, And there's a, it's not a complete, there's an overlap, but it's not exactly the same thing. So we resist to some extent the quality framework of um, have they moved up a grade in terms of their writing within the school, um, for good or ill.
9: Um, Jessica from the Lyric Hammersmith. um, I I think it's really significant when I just said who uses a quality framework and everyone looked blank. Mm. And um, so I'd like to ask another question, rhetorical for a moment, but it is a genuine question, which is who uses their own quality framework? Um, And I bet probably nobody does either, but please tell me if I'm wrong. Um, and I think this is because there aren't any quality framework, I mean I think the quality frameworks that exist like Picasso or the big picture um, are just irrelevant and way too onerous for arts organisations to implement, although I know people have tried to do that. Um, and uh, and I don't think there is a relevant quality framework um, at the moment. And. What's even worse is that I'm, and I was saying this um, earlier. Um, I don't think there's even um, accurate monitoring. Taking Francois's um, comment um, earlier about the difference between monitoring and evaluation, I don't think there's even accurate monitoring around um, work for children and young people. I'm really happy to disclose that it that it's not it's not in our organisation. So, as well as Asking the question about what quality frameworks people use themselves, I'd love to. I'd love to know how people believe that they're accurately monitoring um, the numbers uh, of young people, the le- you know the levels of engagement, um, uh, because I'd like to learn from you if you are. That's why I'm
7: here. Hugh, I think it's um, in 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 my experience that uh, we don't tend to talk about quality frameworks. In fact, we kind of avoid getting too uh, bogged down or um, I- engaged at all in um, quality, although we might kind of look at qualitative data. Um, we use evaluation frameworks, and people who might have been involved in creative partnerships know that it was quite a um, uh, quite a uh, wide-ranging and possibly cumbersome evaluation framework. Um, that was required f- to to um, evaluate creative partnerships p- projects i 've just been doing some uh, just going to be doing some work with the, the new arts mark where there 's an assessment framework against criteria which has a qualitative as well as a quantitative dimension but it 's very much about assessing against criteria specific things uh, and maybe when it comes to quality there's there 's a very kind of simple question which is i suppose the, the headline question for this event is is it any good and um, tell us uh, if it is and tell us why and you know what your rationale is and what your, your evidence might be to back that up and maybe it's as simple as that because you're looking at something that is so potentially varied and diverse.
1: This debate seems very timely prompted by the Arts Council in terms of how we measure quality, how though can we, you've used the word onerous and I think that's something that my own, or own organization also shares one of the, although I think we're fairly good at monitoring, we're very good at ticking who's there for what sessions, how many people are doing the sessions? I've got my own mic, I think, somewhere. Um, <laughs> how, how many people are doing the sessions, We're much less good at the qualitative evaluation work, and most of my colleagues regard that as being onerous and bureaucratic. Rather than, as Francois was suggesting this morning, is about improving the, the nature and quality. Of our work. So how can we engage with Arts Council, with local authorities, with others, in a quality framework that isn't perceived as being onerous or isn't onerous in itself?
3: Uh, Grant Brisland from the Courtyard in Hereford. Um, we had a really interesting debate with our local authority um, regarding evaluation which ultimately changed our evaluation but actually for an organisation became less useful it was they kind of wanted to know more about what the teacher had the teacher's uh, perception of the workshop and how she feels that's developed what she was doing in the classroom but actually didn't tell us anything about how we can improve our sessions and our practice and without wanting to then make the evaluation onerous for the teacher we then had to do a self-evaluation which has its flaws so it's for, for me it's kind of evaluation can never be can never achieve what everyone wants it to achieve and for as long as we have multiple stakeholders in our work um, I think we'll always have this kind of dilemma about what do we evaluate and how do we define that quality Um, and I don't think that's an answer that I'm going to be able to answer today (laughs) but it's about stakeholders and what they perceive quality to be and and how we can achieve that.
1: Who hears not from an arts organisation that would like to volunteer their perception of quality.
5: Hi, Sarah Dorset again from Perry Beaches. I think I said it to uh, yourself, wasn't it? It was about memorable experiences that um, the participant actually takes away with them. So it's not just about what kind of was done to them on that day. It was about the memories that they've taken from it and any sort of transferable skills that they could perhaps use in other walks of life or you know, from a school perspective, obviously, in you know, other things that they become involved with in school. But it's actually more so around the qualities, around the memories, That, if that makes sense to people. That's what I would say is my definition.
1: Has anybody had experience of working with an external partner whose who's own definition of quality was, con- was in conflict with your own or your, own or your organization?
3: Uh, I just done a disability arts project um, where my focus was to integrate some disabled people living in Herefordshire with some mainstream students from an art college and for them the quality was about the end performance. For me it was about the process of engaging those two separate groups. So I don't necessarily think, the, our, and actually I'm sure we would share the same opinions about the end performance but actually in terms of the quality of what we were trying to achieve was very different. Um, both very valuable, um, I'm not saying either of us were right, but our reasons for doing that project were very different, um, which caused some a level of conflict. Um.
10: Yeah. Uh, Keith Saha, 20 stories high, Air Theatre Company in Liverpool. <coughs> Just to pick up on that last point, um, I think well, it's really valid that in terms of Participatory work that element um, the actual uh, and the art as well because we're we're a touring company we do national touring with professional actors, but we also do participatory work in terms so, of so how we measure the quality for both of those have different criteria um again, I think with the participatory work, it is about the process it's about the engagement and that's how you know how we measure and we evaluate everything with our young people with our partners and internally I think with the professional work it's slightly more difficult in terms of the culture of evaluating we get feedback from audiences we get feedback from venues um, and from co-producers but I think there's just generally a culture within the arts anyway whether you're an audience member or you're going to see peers' work is that you you talk about you 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 mention the good things that happen when you're in a room with people you like this you like that but actually there's not um there's not an easy forum to have and ask the difficult questions with with each other's work in terms of how how we assess it um and what Keith what do you think the difficult questions are Well, I just got asked to do a peer review for um action transport um for their last show, and they this was something new for us um another young people's theatre company. And they set out a questionnaire which was really open and invited me to you know to ask those difficult questions in a non-confrontational way so you know it's just the easy things about what worked what didn't work what could have been done better um but it's just i think it's just having that ability to have an open conversation about it is the first step because usually it might be done in the foyer um of a theater or after a workshop you know when it's not always um, it's not always the best environment to have those conversations, and so it's about the legacy of a project or and you know and, and finding those frameworks to have ongoing conversations with uh, with its local authority or part you know partner venues or you know or funders um but it is but I think you know that was a light bulb moment for us when they offered us that peer review document and going to see it and going to see a piece of work knowing. You know, what, you know, what was on the agenda and, and being su- supportive as well, so it felt like I can go and have a conversation with them now that is supportive and, you know, and not being critical of the work. Um, and I think that's something that we're going to adopt within our organisation, definitely.
1: We're about to go in tea and coffee break. Anybody, maybe somebody who hasn't had a chance to speak yet, like to refl- offer a reflection? on either what Francois was saying or on what we've been discussing this morning. Liz?
6: Um, I'm Liz Leck from Birmingham Hippodrome. Um, One of the things um, we were talking about was the quality, and um, I find it very difficult to assess what quality actually is for me. I mean, that was the main start of the whole uh, discussion today. Um, And um, I always keep saying, it's a bit like how it feels. And I think there's lots of ways you can tick its standards and and how it answers lots of questions, but quality must be here as well. Everybody takes away their own feeling for for quality. But um, one of the things we were trying to do is a workshop, um, trying to work out exactly, we worked with a theatre company in a school, um, and we were trying to work out just what he did that made it so good. We couldn't actually write down in words why this particular, why it worked, this sort of um, formula. So we filmed it. We filmed it from the very beginning of the project and six weeks later, so we did a regular filming. And we looked back on it. And we could... So rather than words, it was actually seeing the difference in the children, seeing the way they reacted, seeing what they were like when they first came in. So in a way, it was a sort of pictorial... Um, uh, evaluation of of it, and um, to me, that's possibly the the only way you can sometimes see. You can write something alongside it, but actually seeing it with your own eyes and following the journey these young people went on, sometimes I think is probably the only way to do it.
10: Pete, It's just got me thinking. This because I haven't thought about before about about who owns you know about. You might have talked about this earlier, on, but how subjective quality is. Um, and, and who, who decides what's, you know, what's good and what's bad? And I think I'm a bit nervous because it's been recorded. <laughs> Just okay, thank you. Don't want to say anything that's going to put myself in a difficult position later. On. Um, <laughs> there's something really interesting happening in Liverpool at the moment in terms of there's been um, there's a theatre that's called, that's been open for the past three or four years that's um, direct. Competition with sort of the Arts Council funded Everyman and Playhouse, and they're producing lots of work. It's getting lots of audiences, and you know, and the work is very misogynistic, racist, um, and it's selling out. You know, to packed audiences, and you know, in terms of the engagement and the emotional connection that those audiences have with that work, could be argued that they're having a you know a, a qualitative experience. Um, and obviously the processes that you know we're all used to in terms of um, is this a know, commercial dra- theatre that's yeah. yeah but you know and i think i think that's important within the debate in terms of obviously there's a level in ga- of engagement that young people have with what they see theatre and what they see arts you know and you know who are the gatekeepers and what what they're allowed to see and what they're not and then how yeah sort of, yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd shut that in there in terms of, it's all right for yeah. us to be sitting in the room and say, actually, this, this is good quality. You know, it's gone through, that process it has got a dramaturg. it has high production values, it's all up, you know. But actually, there's, there's other work, you know, there's commercial work out there that people feel like they're having a qualitative experience as well. And how do, you know, how, how do we engage with that? How do we get? Yeah, I,
8: I agree. That's a big question about the values that yeah. the work exposes and how we sit within that. That's a very interesting question.
10: Ticket prices? I just
9: on sitting here, I, I just keep thinking you kind of know when it's good. Your, your instinct tells you. And I mean, I know it's only the beginning of the day, but I sort of slightly worry, but by the end of the day, we'll have all come up with like 15 different qualities for for um you know, uh, evaluation that we'll all go back and develop into some sort of terrible framework. Um, and I, I just, uh, sorry, I'm going to be cut. For those of you who are in groups with me today, I'm like always controversial. Um, but I just feel like, my God, if we could come up with, I really, I, rea- I want to go back to this, the monitoring, and I want to talk to you, Steve, about how you know your monitoring is really good because I think we I didn't need say to... it was really
1: good. I said we do it. Yeah,
9: yeah, <laughs> Well we do it. We do it. But I don't know how good it is mm. and I just I really want to stress I think the we need to get the monitoring right I really think that. I mean and, and this is my feeling and other people might disagree I feel like the monitoring needs to be right and then if we could have just a really simple thing around quality uh, quality which is just because we all know when it's good and even like even a show and even a show when you go and see a show and you come out and it divides people i I say show because work in theater and it come you come out and there are people that hated it and there are people that loved it you know that's a good show because it create it, you just know it, even though people think it's a terrible show. So how can we, how can we harness that sort of instinct? I'd love to explore that in a really simple way.
10: Can I just say about monitoring? Oh shaking your head about it. Oh, <laughs> monitoring and how we need to do it. Um, do. I'm, I'm shaking my head just because of the experiences that we've had through trying, trying to do that. Um, we were, um, were in Liverpool, um, our, our remit is working with culturally diverse and socially excluded young people, um, re- local, regionally, and nationally. And monitoring, obviously, is a, is a big thing in terms of you know what our funders want to see. But also, is you know as an organisation, we want we know who we're working with as well because we you know we go into those communities and work work with those young people. With something like a school, touring or going into a venue, it's so painful in terms of. Head counting, you know, In the old days. you know, when I was doing T.A. 15 years ago, the stage manager used to go in and count the brown and black faces, you know, with an audience, and and to, you know and put them down, and that's and that was that was common practice, you know. That was obviously the schools have got that information. Trying to get it from the schools is you know a different thing, um, and it's so complex in terms of especially you know in Liverpool of, in terms of how you get that information in terms of, around disability as well, around your sort of hidden disability, um, you know, and disclosure. Um, and I think that can take up a lot of effort and lot and can offend people when it's not happening right. Um, there's some arts buildings that we've been into where, where you've signed in your name and you've had to give in your, your cultural identity um, as well. Some arts organisations, so it, it's 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 really, It's really difficult. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do it. final comment, yes. A
9: a final comment. I do think demographic uh, monitoring is a nightmare and we haven't solved it yet. But I just want to say that the thing that's... When the Arts Council say that they think it's everyone... They want every child to experience the greatness of the arts, the thing that slightly frightens me is that we have no idea as a sector how many young people are actually touched by activity. Um, And... Uh, like for example you know I mean I'm just gonna be facetious here but maybe there are only 50 young people in London that are engaging in the arts and it's the 50 young people that are engaging with lots of different arts organisations. We, we just have no idea really what our impact is in terms of numbers and if we could just get that and that is something we can get right statistically right whereas quality we all will judge that differently so that's my mantra <laughs>
1: Thank you all very much. We've only, in 45 minutes, been able to really scratch the surface in terms of some of these key issues around quality and partnership, but I hope it's given you an opportunity to begin to talk about some of the issues amongst ourselves and how they'll inform the rest of the day. So thank you all. Thank you.
0: This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash England.